0: The college football season is officially over. That means it's hoop season, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest episode of the Holy City Hoops podcast. Tommy Glasgow here. Hope you're all having a great start to 2019. Let's see, we had the holiday and semester break. We had the start of conference play, the Cougars on the road. Schedule was thrown off a little bit, but we're back at it. From here on out, it should be CAA games every Thursday and Saturday. We're going to try and hit a weekly rhythm on the podcast as well. Hope you all tune in. And we've got another good one for you today. David Crowley is my guest. In the world of CFC fans, he is right there at the top of the list. He and I could probably talk cougar hoops until the sun went down, but we managed to keep it to under an hour today. We talk about each game at UNCW, at Towson, and at JMU. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, holycityhoops.com, follow us on social media, lots to get to today, so we're going to get right into it, here's me and David. All right, David Crowley is on the line, you know him as the president of the Cougar Club, you might know him as the owner-operator of the Alley in Charleston, David, what's going on, man?
1: Tommy, how you doing, my friend? Doing well, doing well, we haven't seen each other since San Diego last year. I know, That um, that was quite a trip, to say the least. To be in San Diego for the NCAA tournament after a 19-year curse, if you will, uh, 19 years off for the Cougs to be down there—that was that was kind of an adult spring break, was it not? The goal was to make up for 19 years of celebrating. I I certainly did, even though we lost. Um, <laughs> we uh, we had a good time out there, and it was good seeing you out there, and. Um, what you're doing it's it's great to uh to educate our fans and uh the dedication you have for CFC basketball and the advocate that you are doing this pretty much on a volunteer basis but it's always good for our fans to learn more so I've listened to quite a few of the podcasts and and they're very informative and and very well done so let's hope I don't uh screw that up today
0: <laughs> well I, I appreciate the kind words I mean, we talked about this in San Diego, uh, uh, how our Cougar fandom comes <laughs> at the expense of friends and family, but
1: maybe it's worth it. It yeah, it does. It does. We um we kind of had a caravan of guys that, that went out there and or you know, a group of us and we had made the decision no matter where we ended up, we we're watching the selection show um in TD Arena and I had a computer set up upstairs on the uh, on the second floor in the conference room. And San Diego popped up. I'm like, wow, it's a trip. But it wasn't Boise, so it was San Diego. So it literally became a spring break, and we we had a good draw. We just had uh, an injured star player, I think, was pretty much the uh, the issue from leading us to the next round and maybe uh, some bad calls against Bruce Paul. You Paulson. said it, not <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, I did. And also the NCAA said it because I believe they suspended uh, the ref from – Refing in the final four but um that's anyway true. that's true but on a positive note uh sounds like everything's good in your world
0: everything's good man i had a uh, a wedding tasting this past weekend but i was wow. able to to sneak away and and catch a, a couple scores conference play has begun and the the revenge tour is happening to to get back to a CAA championship what are your thoughts on the caa i mean you've seen the cougars play in a couple different leagues you a fan of the caa
1: I am. I think. I think we when we made the decision to jump up, and I think it's certainly a jump up. People will argue this year because the SoCon's got some some teams with talent, with your Furman, your Wofford, UNCg, East Tennessee State. But um, overall, you know, the Colonial was was the conference when we made the decision. One, it was an institutional decision, um, academically, many reasons why the caa it was was a step in the right direction when it comes to basketball we're playing in major markets we're playing against some opponents that you know a lot of these a lot of these kids a lot of these players were overlooked by power five schools Mm -hmm. that that played in boston long island new york city and you can you can see the difference um when when we get back to on the court yes i think it was was the right decision. I think we're in the right place. I think the Atlantic 10 may be the next step up, but they're, they're kind of having a down year. But when you look at the CAA compared to the SOCON, um, it's certainly a more physical conference. And you see guys that, um, that look a little different than a lot of the, uh, the teams that we would play back in the day. So, yeah, I think the CAA has been a positive thing for us. I think it's a challenge. I think right now, Uh, the Colonial is very much an underrated conference. The George Mason that went to the Final Four, the VCU that went to the Final Four, they're not there anymore. So we don't um, have some of the teams that previously built the Colonial, but I still think the Colonial is tough day in, day out. And unfortunately, we just saw that a little bit from this three-game road trip, and um, we're on the wrong end of it in Harrisonburg.
0: I agree with everything you just said. Definitely, you know, when I was in school, it was the SOCON and now with the CAA, you see such talented players. You see so many more dunks, so much more physicality than you did back then. None more uh, appropriate than the beast up in UNC Wilmington. Devontae Kaycock, first game of conference
1: play. He has a monster game against the Cougars. He He's something special, man. I mean, it's amazing, you know. I'm glad Keats is gone, and I really thought that Kaycock would go to NC State like mm-hmm. your C.J. Bryce that was with that great team that, that, that they had that beat us in the final. Um, but Devontae Kaycock is is going to have an NBA career. I mean, he we haven't talked, me and you, specifically on, on Kaycock, but when you go into a game and you've got a coach like Earl Grant who's going to prepare, who's going to make sure – were on the boards, and really is just trying to stop a guard or two and one player in the post, Mm -hmm. and he goes for 27 and 19, uh, that tells you something. So what, Kaycock led, if I remember correctly, and I'm not looking at a stat sheet like Jeff (laughs) Asheris. If I remember correctly, Kaycock led the country. He's a senior now, finally. Led the country in field goal percentage his sophomore year. That's right. And then I believe his junior year last year, led the country in rebounding, instead of pretty high mark. Yep. And he's, he, he may be leading in double doubles right now, but that may not be correct, but I won't be surprised if that's where he ends up at the end of the year. So reminds me of a Kenneth Farid, if you remember, yeah. Yeah, um, sure. Former major player. We played at Cougs played against back in the day or
0: yeah. Morehead state,
1: maybe eight, eight 10 years ago. Yeah. Morehead state. Yeah. They came to us It was a morning game, actually. Um, but, yeah, just a beast inside. Tough to stop. And, again, UNC Wilmington, you want to go through that game? Talk Let's about go it a little it. bit. And yeah. What went down yeah, so
0: always good to to leave Trask with a win. I don't know if they're the official rival of Charleston. They probably are, given the, the recent history and the locations. But felt like a rivalry sure. game, even without the students there. Kaycock, like you mentioned, has that monster night. Kai Taves, their freshman point guard – Fourteen assists, twelve points. He had a double double, kind of uh, actually a kind of a bit of a CFC stat line from uh, from UNCW. Two guys go berserk, and then they get just enough scoring, right? Exactly. But uh, Grant Riller, twenty one points in the first half. Everett and I talked about this. Cullen and I have talked about this. Might have been a little trash talk from the uh, from the opposing fans to Grant, but he has twenty one in the first half, thirty one total.
1: That's they do that well. At Wilmington, yeah um whether it's basketball baseball that's that's uh that's a thing that they uh well you know they think they do it well
0: <laughs> you've been to trask it's tough it's tough to play there
1: it, it is a tough place to play and you know i think fortunately too on this road trip we um it's unfortunate to play three games and to open up the conference on the road tough draw. the fortunate yeah. side the students aren't involved so unc wilmington fans students they ruthless i wouldn't go that far um but they can they can be tough so if they um were going at Riller it worked and uh I appreciate their support
0: yeah Jarrell Brantley he does his thing 14 points eight rebounds uh Brevin Galloway had a had a good game this time awesome uh yeah. you know he he hits a three in the first half but as Riller and Brantley start to cool off he has 11 total points leads the team in the second half uh and we needed every one of them narrow win CFC escapes 7366.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Trask is just get in and get out, and I think that um, Earl, the coaches, and the boys would agree. So uh, pleased with it, especially when you look at the stats. I mean, you, like like you said, um, you've got Kcock that goes goes for those numbers. You, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily expecting to have a win that way. Luckily, we're we're doing what we've been doing all year, uh, going to the free throw. Going at the basket, yeah. That game, that game was was a little bit of a shift. It looks like we shot forty seven percent, almost forty eight percent from three, yeah. Um, which which has not been a common stat line for us throughout the season, which we certainly can improve on. But again, getting that win was huge. Getting out of there with a win, Riller having a heck of a game, and then Galloway has stepped up on both ends of the floor. Um, he can score, but he's also shown some, some quickness on defense and the ability to, to get a steal here and there and and put us in transition. So very exciting to see what Brevin's doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He he's been great. You mentioned the free throws Cougar shot 26, made 21 of them. UNCW shot just eight. And I think that was all Taves and Kaycock. So yeah. Talk about getting to the basket, getting to the line. That's a pretty big swing right there.
1: No question. That's the telltale sign of that game, in my opinion. So a win there was great and uh, what got us to nine in a row and feeling good going into the next one, which if you want to keep talking on UNCW, go for it. But I believe you were at the Towson game. I was. I was
0: at the Towson game. I I try to make it to that game every year. Usually it's on a Saturday, I feel like, and it's generally an okay atmosphere. I mean, Siku Arena is pretty nice. Um, Sure, but the I, I sense a little bit of fan apathy there. Um, it's, they seem to Towson has seemed to underachieve the past couple of years, and this being a Thursday night game, it was a ghost town in there. There was not um, many people. Yeah,
1: I you know I will. I'm kind of old school. I will um, I will listen to Everett on the radio, and sometimes not get into the stream. And now now it's kind of messing me up because I'm I'm super. I'm way too superstitious when it comes to the kids. <laughs> right. So I, you know, we, I listened to Everett on the UNCW game. I flipped it for Towson, but I saw, I was like, I'm going to see, I'm going to see Tommy in this arena because there's only 46 people. Yeah. Including <laughs> yeah. both rosters. I mean, it was what wasn't, which, which was good. I mean, that's what, that's what if we're going into a road game, we'll, we'll take that. Right. But I guess you got to be up close and personal and and see and hear everything, which is, which is fun. Yeah. If
0: you, uh, if you watch some of those dunks that the Cougars had, you will see me behind the bench, putting my arms up like a, like a touchdown celebration. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I mean, not a, not a strong atmosphere, but out of the nine road games, any way you can pick up a win is great. Great And unlike the UNCW game, this was a relief because the Cougars just led this one wire to wire and it never really was close.
1: No, and that, and that's a great thing. It it actually, you know, the the final score really wasn't even indicative of where we could have been. You know, a 12-point win. It you know, it almost felt like 30. It could have it could have gotten to that to that 20-point threshold. Um sometimes you just want to see us do that even though this conference like you said, I mean Towson, they've got a good coach. I mean Pat Scarys, he he knows what he's doing and you know they've got some guys like like we talked about in the CAA. They're just men. They, they're they're physical. They're aggressive. They they've got some guys that can play inside. They got some guys that can play on the perimeter. And so you know it's a good win, great road win again. Um, you know to go two and O starting the conference. I mean we are just you know at the very tip of the iceberg of what this team can accomplish because we've got a lot of young players and we've got some accomplished players that are just getting back on the floor and young players that are starting to step up so great win um certainly you know it's like once you get to the 13 and 2 number you're you know you're in talks for at large but it you know mid-major life i think you'll agree it's fickle (laughs) gut-wrenching right every game you gotta win it you know you're looking at how do we how can we get an at-large bid and so you know we grind through these games. I know my friends and close fans and donors, you know they um the ones that are educated like yourself, we' we're, we're sweating these things out. So that was an awesome win. Any road win in this conference is a good one,
0: and considering Charleston's only won there one time, and it was when the uh, when the current seniors were all freshmen, that forty to thirty seven rock oh, fight a couple okay. of years ago yeah. is the only. The only time they'd ever won there. That's
1: the only, yeah. That's the only time we've beaten Towson since we've been in the conference. Is this our fifth or s- what year is this for Charleston in the CIA? Uh, five or six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <maybe it's,
0: laughs> 20, 2012 yeah, or twenty thirteen yeah, yeah, is when yeah. we switched. So,
1: yeah, traditionally been a really tough place for us to play, and I do remember that that slug fest I guess when Pointer was a freshman, but which was he was starting every yeah. game. We had chili and and Riller on the sideline for the entire season, but. um Glad you got to see it, and we moved forward.
0: We moved forward. One last thing, because you mentioned uh, having the full cast of characters. Sam Miller has a nice game that night. You know, Riller and Brantley do their thing, put up 47 combined points, uh, which was almost enough to beat Towson, just the two of them. But add in Sam Miller, and those three outscored the whole Towson team. So Sam comes off the bench, 10 points, six rebounds, had a dunk, made some free throws late. Uh, It was nice to see him get involved
1: absolutely man this is a guy that i think people that are that are kind of that have been in the know have been super excited about transfer from dayton um you know he's got a lot of game the coaches jd powell will tell you that he's like man you know you know we got some shooters i mean obviously Riller brantley from outside but sam miller's got a pure stroke to complement a really good inside game and and certainly where we need him right now is inside and to see that that was that was the first game to see him get those six boards, ten points, pretty much all in the paint um, mm-hmm. which which is an area where you know we have not played that well this year. So yep, very excited moving forward for Sam and in adding him. you're seeing more minutes. Um, exciting stuff.
0: yeah, good to see that. Uh, I actually mentioned after the game when we were riding high off, off this two game win streak, uh, I was like, you know, there's some issues with the three point shooting, but things are going well. I'm, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. And 48 hours later, it comes to bite us in the ass.
1: Yeah, it does. And you know, there's kind of, there's a little bit of a trend there, you know, with, um, not only on the three point shooting side, it's kind of, you know, the compliments we, you know, we talk, we, We've got two guys that could start almost anywhere, you know, for yeah. for any any Power Five school with with Riller and Brantley, and we couldn't be more fortunate. Um, obviously, losing Cam and Cam Johnson and, and Joe Cheeley uh, last year, you know, we're trying to fill those holes, but we have we have pretty well, and and Brevin stepped up, and um, you know, you, you've seen McManus play better, and we, you know, we've had obviously Zepp Jasper has been. An incredible player to start the season, um, certainly on both sides of the ball. I think I think you've dubbed him the Honey Badger. Um,
0: Love Zepp Jasper. He, I, he's my fiance's favorite player. I feel like he's everybody's favorite player on the team.
1: Man, he's awesome. I mean, it, it's it's hard not to like a guy with that type of energy. I think he yeah. he dubbed himself the animal. So you might have to contend Ooh. with your, your nickname. Ooh. I like that. Yeah, so he's got. I don't know if you remember a guy named Tony Mitchell. So that's out of Augusta, and Uh Tony Mitchell was a great player for the Cougs. Point guard, undersized, score, could shoot, get to the basket. Probably was five nine. I mean, he was five ten. You know, looking at on in the uh, in the program, and he may be sniffing. He may have been five eight. You know. I think that and he was a guy that led the Cougs to the great Alaska shootout back in like Oh three Oh four. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And I know that he's been training zap um, off season. And, on. and so I, you know, I, I randomly saw this like through YouTube and through zap and what's been going on. So, and zap has this cool, cool video on YouTube about the training and Tony Mitchell, which just, just became known to me recently. And I heard zap say that he was an animal and, He's on it, and you're on it with the honey badger, whatever you want to call him, that guy can play. Um, yeah. So, again, to the point, the compliment we have is great, but there was a little bit of a trend of that compliment not playing their best basketball the past two games. Towson, and then it kind of slid into JMU.
0: Yeah, so you go, I mean, going into this three-game road stretch, I was thinking two and one was probably – what was going to happen? I mean, I think sure. a lot of people forget this. The Cougars started 0 and 3 on the road in CAA play last year. That's they had great. that loss at Drexel, at Elon, and I, and and at Towson. They got their ass kicked at Towson. Right, right. And things things turned out fine, right? So, sure. I I figured 3 and 0 was going to be tough. 2 and 1 was probably what was going to happen. You're feeling pretty good about going into JMU. JMU had just lost in double overtime at home to uncw so you figure you know they're pretty tired it was a game that ended late on on thursday but you wouldn't know it from the start uh jmu jumps out to a 22 to 6 lead cougars just got That's kicked insane. in the teeth
1: yeah did, but, but did you did you actually you felt good about it going into it because you know the way that i looked at it jmu was kind of a consensus they had i think i think they have their top four scorers yeah. back from last year they've got a good coach in Lou Rowe. And they had lost five games in a row. As you know very well, college basketball is a game of trends. And five in a row, and they started the conference 0-3. Games at home, it's almost kind of a nothing to lose, let's get back in it, let's knock off the best team in the conference type of game. So I was, I, I was a little concerned. Now, I definitely didn't think 22, what you say, 22-6 to to start the game?
0: 22-6 in the first eight minutes. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that
1: one coming. I also didn't see them not missing threes um, or shooting seventy percent in the first half. So, but you know, it, it, there was a little danger at the end of the road trip. These kids have been gone. School hasn't even started. We have, we start the conference with three on the road. You know, so that that was just um, it was tricky. Like you said, two and one is, is pretty good. But w- yeah, I, I was I was really hoping for three and zero. Oh, but um, again, you can't knock. Our, our kids, our our talent, our players, our coaches, or anyone to lose one of those to trip up on one of those games to start the year, right?
0: Yeah, you. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of those first one or two seasons under Coach Grant, where they go into these long scoring droughts where it just like nobody could make a basket. It felt like one of those games, but I mean, to their credit, Definitely. about midway through or early in the second half, Charleston went on a fourteen to nothing run cut the lead down to two with like 10 minutes to play. And then you're, you're feeling pretty good, right? Yeah. I
1: mean, they go on that run and all of a sudden the wind is out of that arena. Um, And, and off your opposition. I mean, the Dukes look dead. I mean, it was a fast and furious 14 0 run. And then we have a shot. I think Riller pulls up for three to take the lead with, you know, right around that 10 minute mark. And, you're looking at the game, thinking, "Hey, we may blow these suckers out and and end up with a ten point win here." I mean, at that point, it was you know you're down so much you feel like you know the air's out. We're just going to lose. This is a, this is one. Let's chalk it up. And then you get that run, and there's there's such a boost that wow, we're, we're going to fight. We're we're going to we're going to win this game. And um, they hit a couple big shots. We missed that three. I think they go back down the floor. They hit a three. And then they they go up, then they go up yep, seven, and that's they pretty happened. much they pretty much hold serve from there, which was tough. Um, because you really felt good. I think a lot of energy was used up in that run. But um, I know that I know there's a guy. I don't, have you seen the highlights of of Rashard, what Jalen Rashard did in that game, in that comeback? So I know you were just having the smorgasbord. Oh, uh, so many, so many desserts, so many
0: everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you were probably in a little bit of a coma. I, I, I had,
0: I had a dream that Jalen Rashard had this monster game. It was just catching bodies and dunking on everybody.
1: Well, yeah, your dream was 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 not far off. <laughs> we had just finished. It would have been, it would have completed the dream. But yeah, um, it was great to see. I mean, he, he, he makes a three, gets yep. fouled, four yep. point play, and then gets a steal within three seconds. I mean, the guy scores six points in six seconds. And I think the last time that happened was what fricking Reggie Miller <laughs> in, in the garden against the Knicks. I mean, I, you know, it was, it was like, Whoa, that, that was a spark. Um, so exciting run, kind of a a really real big gut punch to, um, just see, just see how it, how it ended up. But, you know, we got it in us. We did it last year a lot off being down 10, 15, Name it. 17 Mm -hmm. against Northeastern in the championship. Um, This team's got fight. So it's good to see that, even though with with a tough loss, it's good to see that fight. I'm
0: going to choose to take away from the game, you know, the coming out party for Jalen Rashard, because I've been waiting to see his acrobatics and what he can bring to the table, and it seems to have finally kind of found his groove and found his rhythm, and he's Charleston's leading scorer in that game. I mean, Grant Riller and Jarrell Brantley are both held way below their averages. Riller fouls out with 13 points. Brantley had 15 and Richard had 15 in only 15 minutes. He played 15 minutes. I'm mean, impressed. He, he had he had Incredible. four steals, three vicious dunks.
1: He had four he had four steals. I know he had at least two or three, but he had four steals. He had three that ended in four dunks, steals.
0: but he had four total in fifteen yeah. minutes. It's pretty insane.
1: Yeah, he's gonna be he's uh he uh he can play and he proved it. And he was, he was, he was doing everything in that game. So it's, I mean, again, we were talking about the compliments and I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's, that's a heck of a takeaway when you got a guy that that's coming off the bench that can do that. It's a freshman and that's going to leave him with confidence for the rest of the year. It's nice to have
0: every game. There's a different third score. So it was, was Richard, It was Sam Miller, the game before some games, it's Brad, McManus, some games it's pointer. Or sure. Galloway or Jasper. It's, it's a nice luxury. Agree 100%. So finish the road trip 2-1. Elsewhere around the CAA, I don't know if you saw this, but Justin Wright Foreman hit a running buzzer beater that was the number two play on SportsCenter to keep Hofstra.
1: I mean, if I didn't see that, Tommy, then I really <laughs> am, am clueless with, uh, with my CAA basketball knowledge. What He ended up with 42 and hit that thing from basically half court after – kusika had missed a three to win the game for northeastern um, so
0: pretty nasty pretty that dirty kid,
1: uh, yeah speaking of nba we talked about Devonte kaycock you know we got several guys that, that certainly can play in the league that are in this conference this year there's no question
0: so hofstra's undefeated they come down to charleston valentine's
1: day that should be a great game uh oh are you are, are you allowed to make it to that? let's show, that's a great you know uh engagement trip <laughs> i could
0: i could i could maybe i'll, I'll try <laughs> to swing that i'm actually going to uh charlotte that weekend for the nba all-star game not the actual game oh, okay. but like the the fan stuff
1: Well, I mean, you got stuff going on. So, so yeah, I mean, you've already got your engagement plans. You're going with the NBA. (laughs) Fair enough. So I I thought I was going to work, and maybe you wanted me to call your fiancé. But if you've already sold the the NBA All-Star game, this shouldn't be that hard to get down here. I'm cutting
0: out this portion of the podcast in case Virginia's listening. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that's going to be a great game when Hofstra comes down. Pride, like we said, undefeated. Uh, Northeastern. Falls to what, one and two? Yeah. Yeah, one and two they had that loss to Delaware. Obviously the loss to Hofstra. How about this? The most confusing team in the CAA for me right now is Delaware, who got absolutely steamrolled in the opener by Hofstra and then won three straight to be tied for yeah, second in the know, conference right I, now. Again,
1: I haven't seen much of Delaware to know what they've got, but that that is interesting what um what they've done so far. Um so I mean again, I feel like every night is a test, every night's a battle. Uh, northeastern is is not going to go quietly are they are they below 500 right now they were 7-7 i think going into the hofstra game um they've obviously been tested with 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 you know two of their best players injured for the majority of the year and now certainly fusika's back and they're they're going to be tough throughout the conference and they showed that at hofstra for sure did they not
0: yeah i mean that's a hofstra's played all three games at home so you know take their record with a grain of salt but there's a lot of basketball left to be played. And for Charleston, a lot of it's going to be at TD Arena. Correct. Anything else around the CAA that stood out to you?
1: No, not nothing Nothing particularly stood out more so than, you know, that was that was the game of interest to me. I feel like, you know, we're in the, the, the one line. I'm going to still keep us on that one line. That could be completely biased, but um, <laughs> Officer can play. They're backcourt. I mean, it's not just Justin Wright Foreman. Um, what is the... Other guard that plays for Hofstra, what's his name? Pemberton, tough. Pemberton's tough. Um, they're going to be. They're going to be. It's going to be fun to watch those games to have two of those games, and then I think Northeastern. So I think it's the three of us right now. We'll see what Delaware amounts to. Um, again, there are going to be challenges throughout. No one, no one comes easy. That's for sure in this league. So very exciting to see the um, the rest of the the season play out. And, you know, we've got what's really cool right now is this, you know, the second longest home winning streak in the country. That's right. Uh, behind Houston. I think we're at 22, and Houston may have – they've been play, played a lot of home games recently, so they may be up to, like, 26. But um, that's something to tout, certainly for our, you know, local fan base. Get to the arena, support our team, get out, and keep this win streak going.
0: Cougs have Delaware and Drexel this week. You know, you hope to pick up two wins there. Uh, Delaware looks good, but – You know, neither team looks like a contender per se.
1: Yeah, uh, this, you know, hopefully, um, you know, a lot learned on that road trip. Um, Hopefully we have a little time to decompress a little bit. And um, there's a lot of areas of improvement. What you have to like, and I know you'll agree with this, and watching College of Charleston for years, you know, we've always been a perimeter team and where we've got to rely on the three to win games. And it typically recruiting for a mid-major you're not going to get those guards or those threes or fours that can just go to the rack i'd be very curious what the amount of free throws we've taken we're shooting what almost 78 percent from the line yeah compared to other years and the ability we have to get to the basket what, what i'm looking at is untapped potential untapped potential in the realm of that's going to happen riller and brantley and these guys are able to get to the basket Zeb Jasper, you know, these guys can get the basket off the bounce and then Jalen Rashard, you saw that. And then now we, you know, we're shooting on the year, not nearly where we want to be from three from behind the arc, but we've got guys that can make the shots and we've got six, seven, eight guys that can shoot out there. So, I mean, I feel, I feel very good about the rest of the season. Um, again, nothing comes easy, but, uh, it's an exciting time to be a college Charleston basketball fan.
0: I agree. Yeah. I remember those teams that depended on the three pointer, especially in the Kremens years. So it is a nice change of pace to have the consistency and all the good things that come with that in a team that is built kind of from the ground up, fundamentally defense, rebounding, not turning the ball over that kind of stuff. You know, it's really just a better product to build off of.
1: Couldn't agree with you more, my man. Right on. Well, we've we've
0: reached uh, 35 minutes or so here. I want to give you time to, to plug what you got going on, whether it's at the Cougar Club or, or at the Alley. So, my friend, the floor
1: is yours. You want me to just just do shameless self-promotion? Um, I would want nothing else. Okay. I'm running for mayor of Charleston. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean really I think, you know, the one thing that I wanna promote and what we're talking about is College Charleston. And what we do at at the College Charleston with with the Cougar Club. Now, it's called the Cougar Club, but it it is not a club by by any by any stretch or using using that word. I'm not a huge fan. It's the College of Charleston Athletic Fund, and it's basically what makes us tick. It's what raises money for For everything we do athletically, most importantly, our student-athlete scholarships. So I encourage all fans, and I know, Tommy, you're going to have hundreds, tens, thousands of people listening to this podcast and many more to get involved, um, to help support our student-athletes, to help us break the record that we broke last year um, in total annual giving. We were above a million dollars to help student-athlete scholarships, to help all athletic endeavors to help facilities we're we're on the up and up certainly with the basketball program um, under Earl with with our baseball program with Chad with with all of our programs we're seeing a major uptick and the word major is where we want to be we don't want we the trajectory we have so much potential to keep this thing going and I think there's a way that we need to not only engage our alumni base we need to adopt you look at what vcu did with shaka smart with with anthony grant who they had over the years and when shaka took them to the final four and then will wade came in to to coach after they continued shaka stayed they rallied the community charleston is such a flourishing economic town right now we're winning every award that's out there so I just encourage anyone that's listening to to get involved, come to a game, give me a call. I'll hook you up with a couple tickets. We need to fill that arena. We need donors to make this thing go. We need donors to continue this this great path that we're on. And um, it's an exciting time. And um, also, yes, I do have a business. You mentioned it earlier, the Alley. I'm going to continue with the 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 promotions. Keep going. Keep going. College of Charleston is the greater good. The alley's my business. Um, we are a 17,000 square foot entertainment venue downtown, large sports bar, bowling alley, restaurant, and event venue. Do a lot of major corporate events, do a lot of stuff with the College of Charleston. So, if you haven't been to see the alley, come check us out. Maybe come double down. Come check us out pregame before a CFC basketball game. Super excited about all things at the college, all things going on with the Alley and Tommy, man, thank you so much for, um, for having me on, giving me some time here. And, uh, hopefully, um, you'll still have some people that will tune in to the, to the next podcast after they listen to me staying in their ears for 35, 40 minutes.
0: You know, podcast statistics are hard to come by, but I would be surprised if we had any less than 20,000 listeners. And you know the podcast is still looking for a sponsor, so if you need me to promote chicken tender discounts or anything going on at the it. alley, okay, I'm your guy.
1: Well, look, I will, I will send you the menu. I'll let you know what we got <laughs> going on. I'll let you the, I'll give you the array of specials on a nightly basis.
0: Nothing better, man. Appreciate you coming on. Thank. You. Uh, have fun this week and uh, go Cougars.